it's time for the big show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Andy Gallo. And I'm Country Jim. And today we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to do some name dropping. Is yes. What, is what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about uh, uh, country stars uh, that uh, we have met and uh, Country Jim's got some really good ones. I've got a few that I'm going to tell because uh, I was in radio for uh, many, many years and had a chance to meet uh, some spectacular country artists uh, over the years. So it, it, we're going to kick. The, I'm going to let you kick it off, and you go ahead. And I, I tell you what, you met somebody that's not even a country star, but that was uh, the old KFC guy himself. Yes, Harlan Sanders. Um I lived in uh, the regions around Louisville, Kentucky twice. I lived there when I was in high school. We had moved from Tennessee. And uh, we had a guy at church. uh, So I'm I'm in high school at that point. Mm -hmm. We had a guy at church that married a lady from down around Corbin, Kentucky. Right. And uh, when he would go back home to visit her folks... He would tell about this uh, fried chicken place uh, and how great it was. And it turned out that that was the original restaurant that uh, Harlan Sanders had. Uh, And then the second, by the second time that I lived in Louisville, um, my kids were little. I was married, of course. And and so uh, Harlan Sanders had moved to Louisville. He lived just really a couple of miles from where I lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just in the poor section of town. <laughs> but uh, across the tracks. Yes, I was uh, on the other side of the tracks. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so by this time, you know, he had gone to franchises. Um, my connection with him was uh, the fact that. When he really hit it big and started having franchises all over the place, um, he brought his head waitress and her sister to Louisville and gave them franchises. Hmm. Uh, I don't know where they sold them to them cheap, but gave them to them. I, right, I, right. I wouldn't have any way of knowing about all that. <clears throat> but uh, I went to church with... Uh, one of the, they were, her sister was even given a franchise. Well, to get right to the story, my girls were taking a, a fiddle lessons, actually violin lessons. Uh, we had my daughter Leslie on here uh, last month or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had, uh, had all the kids with me. And uh, after the violin lesson, we stopped at a White Castle hamburger place those were uh, very uh, very popular they would be what would be called a slider mm-hmm. today they yeah. were little they little square hamburgers but uh, the difference between them and the modern day slider is that 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 patty was so thin it only had one side to it and and didn't you buy a bag of them is that how you bought them by the bag is that yeah, what they well, normally or something like that I oh, don't know oh yeah <clears throat> uh, you uh, you you could get a dozen at a time a lot. There you go. Yeah, a lot of times. Yep. Yep. Well, yep. so uh, we were sitting in there eating these little burgers, and a big long limousine pulls up out front. Okay, and uh, the chauffeur 
gets out, opens the door, and allows Colonel Sanders and Claudia, who was his wife, mm-hmm. they came inside and they sat, uh, I don't know if it was with us, but in close proximity to us. And they, uh, he was a little bit defensive about the fact that, apologetic, I guess, fact that he was uh, eating there instead of eating his own chicken. You can only eat so much chicken. <laughs> That's the way I look at yeah, it. <laughs> and you can only eat so many burgers. You know, you have to take your turn between. There you go. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, that was... Uh, that was quite a that was quite an experience mm-hmm. uh, meeting him, and his uh, his wife Claudia had a really nice restaurant in Shelbyville, Kentucky, called Colonel's Lady. They took an old uh, mm. Kentucky mansion mm-hmm. and turned it into, uh, and they had they had chicken, steak, and country ham. Oh wow! And they had seven vegetables served family style. You know, there's nothing like Kentucky country ham. I had, and I know you you got your story going here, but just just a side note, when I was a kid, we went to Kentucky to visit uh, some of our, um, I guess it would have been cousins, probably, but they were they were up in their years, and not far from their house was a smokehouse, and you could go over there and buy bacon and hams and whatever, and we went over there and got that, and actually from then on out, you could order it by mail. And they would ship it to you, and we did that. But that's just a side note on Kentucky. I, I love that area. Yeah, I still get those. I get those hams uh, out of actually out of uh, Paris, Tennessee, is a company that does the wow does yeah. the hams. Yeah. Well, um, we'll kind of this will be a, a story swap. <laughs> it's, well, I interrupted, about, I interrupted your story, and I apologize, but I had to no. tell you that. that no. Was, no, the, I really that that, that was uh, you know we we got to have a a meal with someone who was that's interesting was very famous. Yeah, that's interesting. Did he have any any words of wisdom, or did he even talk at all, or just kind of? Uh, yeah, I mean, he like I said, he said, uh, "I just love these little hamburgers." <laughs> <laughs> that's a good slogan. I just love these little hamburgers. <laughs> yeah, it was def- you know like I come here and here and not at KFC. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good story. Well, I've got one. Uh, many years ago, probably I don't know, an eighty-one, eighty-two, somewhere along in there, I was working at a radio station in Bryan, Texas. And uh, of course, uh, back in those days, there was uh, quite a few dance halls, which that's a show that we're going to do later on too. Yeah. But there was a dance hall over there called uh, the Texas Hall of Fame, and they used to bring in artists, some some pretty big artists actually. Uh, and they brought in none other than Jolly Russell, and it was so funny. He came to the radio station. This was on a Saturday, and. Um, so it was kind of a surprise. Uh, they called me up, said, hey, look, we're bringing Johnny Russell over. Uh, it was about 30 minutes before they brought him over. So I was not prepared, had no, you know, whatever. So he came over, and uh, so I'm, I'm filing through. We still played records back in those days, 45s. For a lot of you that, and a 45 is uh, vinyl, okay. So uh, I'm filing through the old uh, record bin that we've got there in the control room. And I don't find any Johnny Russell. And Johnny's sitting over in the corner, okay? He's, you know, ready for me to interview him. <clears throat> but when I interview somebody, I like to be able to play some of their music. Sure. There was no Johnny Russell to be found in our record bin in the control room. 
So we had a closet that we called the music library. I, <laughs> I know. I went to the closet, and I proceeded to be digging in there to try to find some Johnny Russell. And I'm having to run back and forth to the control room to keep things going, you know, keep other music going before I... And finally, I found a 45 that I could play, of The Baptism of Jesse Taylor, which is a really good, really good song. Yes. Good representation of, of Johnny Russell. Yes. So uh, basically, uh, what happened was we, I got that, got that tune on. It was not in the best shape. It had a lot of on it and all that. And, uh, but I, I played it. And uh, interviewed Johnny, and it was it was a relatively good interview. I know he thought I was a, a a real winning deal, though the way I was running back and forth trying to find music, you know. So, but um, it wound up being a pretty good interview. So, kind of a short story, but that that's basically uh, what happened. And and you know, when did Johnny pass? Not what ten years ago, maybe, or was it that long, or longer than that? Probably longer than that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. T- the way time gets so, away. I know it. Yeah, uh, it, it flies. It flies. It really you know, does, maybe yeah. he wrote the baptism of Jesse Taylor to atone for rednecks, white socks, and blue ribbon beer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and that song, I, I understand that song was kind of a lot of uh, places didn't want that song played. Uh, it depends on where he was at. You know, they kind of, uh, I guess, northern states would probably consider that a, a redneck. You know that'd be a that'd be a, and you know the way our mind works on this show it's uh, <laughs> or don't work that, <laughs> yeah that would be that'd be sometimes it doesn't <laughs> well let me do somebody else Go ahead. let me uh, I guess I'll talk a little bit about um, <clears throat> the father of bluegrass music I Bill uh, Monroe yeah uh, Bill Monroe was born down in Ohio County Kentucky down in Western Kentucky. Uh, the closest town was a little town called Rosine. Uh, and uh, when I was living in Louisville, a friend of mine who had played uh, bluegrass with uh, Monroe in the 70s, he was his guitar player, Danny Jones, was a, was a dear friend of mine. <laughs> and, uh, and he... Uh, <clears throat> Through him and some uh, church friends that I had down in Ohio County, mm-hmm. uh, I took a trip there, and uh, there was a farm. I think it belonged to uh, Charlie Monroe, who was Bill's brother. Right. And they had a duo way back in the 30s <clears throat> and early 40s before they went separate ways. <clears throat> but uh, I went back up on the backside of that farm, uh, to I came to an old dilapidated house that had been the Monroe home place. It had been where Bill was born and and grew up with his brothers and sisters. Um, and uh, years later, that house was uh, moved up to the highway and restored. And today it's a kind of a museum and they also have a, a bluegrass festival there. But... You know, when when I was a kid, my naivete led me to believe that rural Tennessee and rural Kentucky, where I grew up, that the whole world was basically on the same page, the whole country. Right. Uh, When we got a black and white TV, there was a TV show uh, 
called What's My Line. It was done in New York City, and mm-hmm. Bill Cullen and Kitty yep. Carlisle and these New York people mm-hmm. would mm-hmm. be on the panel, and they would have somebody on there that they would try to guess who they were and mm-hmm. what their claim to fame was. Yep. Well, so typically famous people, they would have their voice disguised and they would have some way of covering their face. However, when they had Bill Monroe on there, mm-hmm. Monroe had no face covering and he had, he was in his suit and his cowboy hat. Right. And uh, he, he didn't need to be disguised. And in spite of all the questions that they asked, he stumped the panel, and they had no clue who he was and no clue what bluegrass music was. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> right. And I just, you know, I did not realize really how provisional, uh, no, provisional is not the word, provincial, hmm. uh, that music was. So, uh, so years later, uh, I, got to, uh, I got to meet him. Uh, actually, uh, actually, more than once, uh, we were in Nashville going to, in fact, we were playing at a big uh, bluegrass convention, and so we went to uh, uh, Cracker Barrel, which was the mm. favorite hillbilly uh, f- food place. <laughs> the hillbilly hangout. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we had lunch there with Bill Monroe and his banjo player, who was kind of dating my younger daughter, and then uh, Leslie, my other daughter, and Randy were there, and we were uh, we were sitting around the table. And of course, Monroe had his suit on and he had his cowboy hat on. Right. And uh, there was this lady who was there in the restaurant, and she comes over to the table, and uh, her first two words are "Aren't you?" And of course, everybody automatically thinks, "Well, she's come over to to say something to recognizing <laughs> Bill Monroe." Right, but she right. turns to me and she says, "Aren't you Jamie Sloan?" <laughs> <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I got to be uh, got to hear Bill live many times and. Uh, Got to meet him on on a number of of occasions, and I uh, I loved his music. I had friends who were who played in his band and would tell great great stories about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, this is longer than I meant for it to be. No, you're good. I I think it's a great story. I, I actually I think you told me that story. Uh, I, I don't know yeah. s- several. Days ago, weeks ago, whatever. Yeah. I actually I slept. Yeah, I just slept, so I don't know what you know it, when it was. But yeah. If well, I could add a little P.S. to it, sure. Uh, as I said, one of the musicians who played with him tells a story about uh, how really uninformed about a lot of things because of where he was born and raised. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of what would be considered more uh, contemporary things that Monroe had no idea what they were. And so he said that they were on the road and they were in the uh, the tour bus and driving all night to get to somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they stopped for breakfast real early in the morning. And my friend said that that he was kind of the last one getting off the bus, getting dressed and, right. and right. Yep. going in for breakfast. And he said when he got in there that uh, they were already eating. And uh, Monroe 
warned him. Monroe said, don't get the donuts. They're terrible. <laughs> and uh, it turned out they were bagels. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. Ooh, doggies. Okay, well, I uh, had a chance to meet. Actually, I had a chance to have supper with Mo Bandy oh. and his entire family. He, once again, was coming to Bryan College Station to uh, the Texas Hall of Fame. I think everybody played that, that venue at one time or another. And um, so the story goes, uh, they told him, said, okay, look, we want to we carry you out to eat. And he said, well, look, I have my whole family with, with me. And, and he did. He had, I don't know, 20 people, okay? Wow. And uh, so the radio station goes, well, no big deal. We'll pick up the tab. So we did. We went to a place, uh, it, no longer there, but it was called, I think it was called the Longhorn Restaurant or cafe or something like that. I can't remember now, but uh, uh, it was really good. Good chicken fried steaks, you know, that kind of thing, which is kind of hard to find nowadays. So, but anyway, the story goes, uh, we, 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 we uh, went out to eat. And then, uh, of course, we went to the show. And uh, I brought him on. And I was nervous as a, a chicken on a hot tin roof, you know. Uh, got up on the stage and, and uh, fumbled around. <laughs> kind of fumbled around a little bit. I, I can't, and now I can't even remember what his band is named. Do you remember his, uh, was it the, uh, and the bandy? I, I, I want to say the I, I, I don't Bandy and the Rodeo Clowns, but that ain't right either. <laughs> that ain't it. That ain't it. No, I, I don't. That's I don't think it. I ever knew. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but I'm, I, I, I kind of messed that up a little bit uh, because I was so nervous I forgot. You ever been so nervous that you kind of forget oh, things? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we, we did that deal, and that was a pretty good thing, but I thought it was just so funny that he had his, had his whole family. I mean, his kids, their wives, their... Uh, kids, and uh, this is back in, gosh, I don't know, late 80s, probably. Yeah, late 80s. So his kids were already grown. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. So, uh, but it was a great show. I mean, uh, of course, Mo Bandy, even today, sounds good. Yes. He's got, he's very, very good. He so, comes to Texas uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah. And then just another quick story. Uh, so, since mine are so short, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do two Two back-to-back. Back. Yeah. Had a chance to meet George Strait when he first got started in 1982. Uh, he was coming to Bryan College Station once again. And this time, though, he was, he, he was playing in this. At that time, the oil uh, boom had, had banged. It was on its way out. There was a lot of big buildings around Bryan that were vacant that used to hold pipe and whatever else for oil field work and that kind of thing. So there was this big building. And so this promoter, which it was a friend of mine, he said, I'm going to call it the heavy metal Coliseum. And so that's what he did. So what he did was they promoted it as George Strait. He's coming to the heavy metal Coliseum. So, uh, George, he, he came, uh, he was brand new. Okay. He was just, he was right off the turnip truck. You know what I mean? He was, uh, he was fresh. I think he had unwound out or down and out. I can't remember which one it was. But anyway, so we went and uh, was with the radio station. And so we said, well, we'd like to do a live interview with George. And so I was talking to uh, Roger Ramsey, who at that time was with the MCA Records. Roger said, oh, no, that, that's no problem at all, man. We'll get you on the bus and uh, y'all can do the live interview before the, you know, because we were there 
couple of hours before the concert, you know. So uh, we get on the bus. By the way, this bus is an old Conway Twitty bus. Uh, so it has probably seen better days, okay? So we get on the bus. We hook up all of our, our, all of our rigging to do the live uh, remote, live broadcast. And we switch it on, and everything, everything dies. We, flip, uh, we actually uh, flip some breakers on the bus. And it was so funny. George, he just looked and he went, hey, no big deal. Happens all the time. Okay, just as normal as can be. So he gets up and uh, flips the brake. Now, he did this himself. He gets up, flips the breakers. We, we get back to going, but we still, the broadcast never really worked right. For whatever reason, it kept flipping breakers, so we didn't get to do that. But another funny thing is, when we first entered the bus, George was like, hey, man, y'all, come on in, have a sit down. You know, I got a meat and cheese tray right here. Y'all can have some, some meat and cheese with me, you know. So, and... Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember this, and I, I think I told you the story, but uh, I, as I look back on it, and of course, that was so many, many years ago, uh, he had some old worn-out boots that he had on, and he had on old, an old shirt with a tail out, and of course, he was not ready to go on stage yet, but it was so kind of, you know what I mean, like he just walked off the ranch, you know what I mean, and jumped on the bus, so... He's but, uh, he would be on my list of people that I, yeah. I wish I had uh, yep. wish I had met. I'm, and then I got to bring him. Then he came back to Brian back in the probably mid mid to late eighties, back when he was a hot commodity. And at that point, we did not get to go on the bus. Okay, uh, that was a no no back then. Uh, he was he was too big. But I got to bring him on, and uh, that was uh, that was truly. Uh, a big deal for sure. Yeah. And a big, he did like two shows and he filled, uh, and I can't remember what it was in some, um, convention center they had over there back in that day, you know, it wasn't a really big venue, but it, I think, I think it held, I want to say 500 people maybe. And they like did like two shows and, uh, he packed them out, man. They had standing room only. The girls were all up on the stage, you know, hey, you know, doing their, it, you, you thought it was the Beatles, well, you know what I mean? They yeah. were, you know, so, but yeah, anyway, there you go. That's, that's great. Um, the first time that he was there, was there much of a crowd? Oh, yes. They filled the heavy metal, heavy metal Coliseum out. Wow. I mean, there was so mm. many people there, but I mean, he was hot. I mean, he was brand new, but he was hot. Yeah. And, um. It was huge. It was a big deal. I mean, it was a... Because, you know, when he... And I remember, I think he had Unwound Out first, but I was at another station at that time when that song first came out, and I had left that station and go went to Brian, and it was like, I don't know, maybe three, four months, you know, when I was uh, had got to Brian that we did this, uh, that they did this uh, um, concert, you know. Was and, he a good interview? As far as uh, he comments. was really, he really shy, uh, really shy. Uh, I mean, he did offer us a little bit of his meat and cheese tray, but <laughs> other than that, he, he really didn't talk a whole lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, he was very cordial, very nice, but just real, real kind of shy, yeah. which I think you'll see that in his early days. And when he did do an interview, which is very few, but he was, you could tell he was just very shy. Didn't want to talk about himself and, and everything. Uh, of course, today he's just totally a different, uh, different person. He's 
you know. But yeah. He, yeah, but he's George Strait now. He's 70 years old, right? He is 70. He just turned 70, uh, what, last week or so, huh? Yeah. Something like that. And then we're, we're, we're in the month of May. So, uh, yeah. Well, let me, um, let me tell another one. Uh, back in, again, back in my bluegrass days, I, I was, even though I was, I had a bluegrass band, I was still doing country music mm -hmm. with bluegrass instrumentation. And that's back when you were Jamie Sloan. That's when I was Jamie Sloan, that's <laughs> right. Um, Not to be confused with James Sloan or Country Jim, Jim or whatever. Right, or County Jim. <laughs> or County or, Jim, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I had lived in Charleston, South Carolina, where all my kids were born. And uh, I had played a lot of bluegrass over there and met a lot of a lot of great pickers. Well, we moved to Louisville, and uh, my, uh, my best picking buddies, uh, they moved to Gainesville, Florida. And uh, it was Red and his wife, Murphy. Yes, Murphy was her name. So... Uh, that sounded like a song title. Murphy <laughs> was her name. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, that comes from somewhere. So, uh, so anyway, uh, I, I made some trips to Florida. I played some gigs with Red and Murphy. Um, but, but anyway, they contacted me and uh, one year, and they said, we're going to have a big blowout picking a Chris, around Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you come on down, and, and the kids, my kids were like uh, elementary school, and Hillary was just a baby. Uh, <clears throat> so we went down, and we, we stayed with Red Murphy. And on this given Saturday, I think, uh, we are uh, descended upon by a bunch of pickers. Well, there was a musician who was from Gainesville, so he was home for the holidays. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was from, uh, he's living in L.A., and so, so he flew in. And uh, even though we're talking about uh, famous people, mm -hmm. uh, he, he, is, he is famous uh, to people who are into uh, the band that he was in. His name, and he's, of all the ones that I would talk about today, he's the only one that's still living. <laughs> and his name's Bernie Ledden. And Bernie Ledden was uh, in the core uh, group uh, known as the Eagles. Ah, yes. And if you saw the picture of the band, he would be the one that had a kind of a frizzy hairdo. Oh, yeah. And a mustache. Okay. And he he played uh, he played lead guitar. He also they did they covered an Osborne Brothers song uh, called Midnight Flyer, and he played banjo on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, that uh, pristine three-part harmony uh, in those, uh, you know, take it to the limit, et cetera, yeah. uh, Bernie was an integral part of that. Uh, and, of course, when he left the band, that's when they, they brought in Joe Walsh uh, mm -hmm. to play, uh, and, and he was more uh, rock and roll-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Is it... Hotel California or California Hotel? A Hotel California. <laughs> and so that was when the uh, 
the music changed some mm -hmm. yeah. for the Eagles, but Bernie was back yeah. back a part of that. And uh, he well, brought was he, it, was he back when the new kid uh, when they had the uh, new kid in town song was that was that uh, when he was there or do you remember? No, that would have been uh, that would have been Joe Walsh, right? I'm, I'm not real sure yeah, about I'm not that. Sure That's a good yeah. question. Yeah, but uh, those uh, those beautiful uh, three part harmony songs that was mm -hmm. Bernie. And he was a big a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> he brought his girlfriend from L.A. Uh, and they sang duets. Oh man, it was naturally it was some really beautiful music. Mm. And. Uh, Poor Glenna, my wife Glenna, she spent some of the time back in the back room changing diapers and stuff. <laughs> but uh, they they were really nice. Uh, and uh, so uh, Red calls me a couple of weeks. You know, uh, we didn't have cell phones, I don't think, back then. I don't know how we did all that. Mm -mm. I guess just a landline kind of no, thing. No, yeah. Uh, so Red calls me, and he says, uh, Jamie, you... You remember uh, Bernie's girlfriend? I said, are you kidding? She was gorgeous, man, and what a singer. And he said, yeah, do you remember uh, You remember her name? And I said, uh, yeah, sure, uh, Linda Davis. Oh, wow. And, um, okay. and he said, yeah, Linda Davis. He said, you know mm -hmm. who that is? And I said, no. He said, that's Governor Reagan's daughter. So, uh, mm -hmm. wow, we, uh, we spent the day jamming pretty, with, pretty good. with Bernie. Pretty good. Interesting stories, I tell you. And you're, you're the best storyteller. I'm, I'm not very good at telling oh, stories, but, yeah. but I, like, I like to hear Country Jim tell a story because he can spin that sucker. I mean, that's good stuff, though. Yeah, well, my wife claims that, that my stories have been embroidered around the edges a little bit through the years. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just say that if a story doesn't grow in the telling, it wasn't worth telling in the first True. place. I used to but, have uh, had a cousin of mine that he would go fishing. And by the time he got back home, uh, those fish had grew. Yeah. The ones he didn't catch. Okay. The ones he didn't catch. They were big ones that got away. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, memory is... Um, mm -hmm. mem memory is, uh, is not a perfect... Uh, world, but I think my stories are true yep. as best, They're very I, good. They're very best good. I can I can remember. And you know the thing that it's not a really a, an ego trip about us getting to ha have met some people. Our our focus is on those people, who mm -hmm. they were, yep. and what they were like. Oh yeah, absolutely. And honoring them. Yeah. Uh, but I do sometimes say. Uh, Excuse the personal experiences, but they're the only kind I've ever had. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, you know, uh, have we? I don't know if we've said much lately about. Uh, you want to say something about people being able to contact? I us? do actually. If uh, yeah, if you'd like to contact us, you can of course go down to the comments below and 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 make your comments. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can do that. Uh, if you're on, uh, if you're listening to us on the uh, podcast, you can listen to us on Spotify. We're on Apple, uh, podcast. We're, we're on Google, uh, we're on, uh, uh, Stitcher, uh, and so many other platforms that you can listen to us on. Uh, but you can also there, you can, uh, you can go down there and, uh, there's a place there you can, 
leave us a comment, uh, leave us a message. Uh, also, if you'd like to support, uh, help us support the, uh, uh, the podcast, you can do that. There's a link down there uh, that you can go to, and that will uh, uh, get you to a place that you can uh, help us out just a little bit if you possibly can. And then, of course, That's you can right. always send an email. Yes, if you want to. And that email is the big show Andy Gallo at gmail.com. That's the big show Andy Gallo at hotmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Absolutely. And, and we're really enjoying doing the podcast. We've got some uh, artists that are going to be coming on and, mm-hmm. and doing an interview soon that we're really yeah. excited about having them. Yep. Uh, they're great yep. people and yep. they've had wonderful careers. Yep. And we're not going to just have artists. We're Mm-mm. going to have people who are with record companies, mm-hmm. yep. people who ran yep. music venues, mm-hmm. yep. um, and then we're yep. going to we're going to talk about some other kinds of things. We're we're going mm-hmm. to talk about the difference between going to a concert and, on the other hand, going to an old Texas dance hall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, big difference. Yeah, a big difference. Uh, although sometimes at the uh, it, it, at, at, at the uh, concerts, you'll see people dancing in the aisles. So it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, depends what that is. Yes. But anyway, uh, it's a pleasure here. I tell you what, we're going to uh, jo- join us next time. We'll we'll be uh, coming up. And, and just to let everybody know, we, we release these uh, on, on now on the YouTube. They they get up just as soon as I can get them put together and everything. But on the podcast, the audio part of it, uh, they're released Sundays at 2 p.m. Oh, that's So good to just know. to let everybody know that. Like yeah. this podcast will be released uh, this Sunday at uh, 2 p.m. Great. So uh, that way you can you can listen listen to that. Actually, if you're listening to it now, it's already released. Okay. <laughs> wow. So until next time. Yeah. See you later. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Big Show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. This has been a Unicap Media presentation.